Thank you. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. There's no business like show business. In a way, we go. Hello again. Welcome to the Art and Business of Community Theater, also known as the Monroe Community Player Podcast, featuring the Green Room Groupies. I'm your de facto host, David Ward. Looking around the Green Room today, I see... <sighs> Robert Yeoman. <laughs> Brian Burchett Ross. Ron Roberts. And, boy... <laughs> And folks, we should start recording the outtakes uh, for everyone today because we just had a lively discussion about the awful brands of Mountain Dew that exist today. Um, what were they thinking? I don't know. And, and so it's not theater related, but I wonder but I think if it'll clean You got to think about it. In my day, there was one Mountain Dew. And you liked it. And you liked it. It tickled your innards. And it was ah. Kickapoo. Do we remember that? Yeah. It did. Or yes. wait a minute, was that Kickapoo? No. Kickapoo. No, that was Mountain, Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. Tickle your okay. parents. Mm-hmm. So I remember as a kid, I would laugh and laugh and laugh, and my parents got very quite upset. It's like, stop it. It's not really doing that. But I, <laughs> <laughs> but I was I was a suggestive child. <laughs> and, and so bring it back to theater, you know, that's showing my creativity. As a, oh, absolutely. Even as absolutely. A, even yeah, as absolutely. Even that. Yes. Um, We're laughing yeah, th- with This you. stuff is called Mountain Dew Spark. It has more calories than one would think a beverage could contain. <laughs> um, is, is it on the par with the Big Mac? Uh, oh. No. Okay. <laughs> well, calorie-wise, no. Big Macs are probably around 500, 600 <gasps> calories. Chewing the bottle is probably healthier for you. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Might um, be. It, it, bad bottling. It's bad. You know, cardiac patients who are avoiding sugar. This is- <laughs> <laughs> this is not on. This is not on your diet list. It's pink. It looks like bubble gum, but it's not bubble gum, <sighs> which is a shame because, like we said, you know, Mountain Dew itself is pretty good. Oh, I love, love Mountain Dew. I actually love like Mountain Dew. diet Mountain Dew for some reason now, but Mountain Dew Zero is better. Oh, I haven't tried that one yet. It's a diet, so you, you're trying to avoid the so-called chemicals. Yes, that's true. <laughs> but now they are doing. Um, they are doing. Uh, they are bringing Mountain Dew back with real sugar now, though. Oh, they've so had that for well, a little while. Yeah, well, yeah, a few years now. With, yeah, but, and it was yeah. the throwback product. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then find out it, they were targeting it for the Mexican group. Well, in Mexico had Coca Cola at least still bottles with cane sugar. Yeah, that's what it's right. But some 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 of your fancy biochemists and all that they will argue that sugar is sugar, whether it's from corn syrup or not. But all I know is they started using corn syrup, and I got fat. <laughs> It's, it's just 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 telling you that's how it happened. When you were a kid, wasn't it the greatest sensation opening up a box of Fruit Loops and inhaling that complete <laughs> fruity smell that you knew was completely inorganic? I, I think we just set a record of going off the rails the earliest amount of time. I would say. Well, <laughs> Well, and, and wow. you know, keep watching because at some point we'll be doing a. Uh, Brian has this wonderful idea. Can I share this? Sure, I want to hear it too. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he, he wants to start a pop oh. culture yes. podcast. Yes, and yeah. So, so yeah, I guess maybe we're trying it out early. <laughs> yeah, because cereal was certainly. Pop I had culture, one but, line, but I, I can honestly say, Bob, I have never snorted any kind of cereal. <laughs> oh, you, all right. Next time, I will bring an unopened box of fr- Kellogg's Fruit Loops. And we will open it and see what your olfactory tells you. I'm recording that. You okay. should. <laughs> I did smell a vision. Smell a vision. 
and, and this may get us eat to, your heart out, John. Moore. I did notice uh, Lucky Charms. The marshmallows seemed brighter than what I remembered as a kid when someone oh. uh, I was at my sister. She was pouring a bowl <laughs> of them, and it's just, just whatever. Okay. Um, night snack. No judging. But anyway, it was very. The marshmallows were very bright. Hmm. And I said, "Man, look bright." Well, then of course, two days later, I hear <laughs> Lucky Charms are poisoning people. There was, like, <laughs> there was a recall. Hundreds of people got sick. Really? Because that's what I'm eating right now. Is I mean, not right now, but that's what I have at home. You is probably check sure. it. Huh? Ah, here's your little thing. I'm coming back to get you. <laughs> so, so if you, Lucky Charms is mine. If, if the marshmallows look bright. Don't you must quit. <laughs> anyway, so today um, is another free form uh, episode. So to speak. you're the one who gave me coffee. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I apologize. Um, what I thought we might be interesting to do is I asked the groupies to bring in their theater resumes. Um, for those of you who don't know, if, you, if you're trying out for a show. Um, going for an audition, perhaps to be an extra in a, a television show, a movie, or whatever, they're going to probably want to see a resume from you. Um, a lot of auditions, they'll, we've discussed this before on the show, they'll, they'll have you fill out your prior experience. Well, I've found personally it's easier just to hand them the, the resume with all the information that you can use. For example, mine gives them things like height, weight, vocal range, uh, hair, style. This is from actually several couple years ago it says dark brown balding it probably should just say none um but no. i'm willing to wear you bald got, cap you, on you top of it you got, you, got the picard, <laughs> you got the picard look yeah yeah you do you got yeah, yeah. Not, that's good more of a grandpa war look but there we go um eyes uh measurements because they want that for costumes things like that that's a good picture um yeah. thank you it's like I say, it's, it's, your hair's darker it was professionally done actually at the time yeah um, probably 10 years old because I still had hair on the top of my head. But anyway, um, so this goes back. We did Gilligan's Island, at least, so I think this is 2020 because Gilligan's Island is the yes. first thing on here. So I thought, wouldn't it be fun? Let's go dig back into our own histories, see what kind of roles we've played because we have talked in the past also about maybe you got to start somewhere when you're first auditioning that maybe you're not starting as the lead role mm-hmm. and thought because you know by now you probably have the sense that we are so <laughs> I can't we're full of ourselves <laughs> <laughs> that as accomplished actors <laughs> um yeah you might think that we always get the leading roles you know the daddy warbucks the the uh the felix ungers rum tum tungers uh the felix is the oscars um Rum Tum Tugger. <laughs> I, I got it in. You got it in, got boy. It in. You rum sure did. Rum Tum Tugger, um, <laughs> things like that. But but you know, but we've all had leading roles. Some would argue this because we're male and we show up at auditions. Others <laughs> would argue because we're just that good. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I was looking back, and I was trying to figure out the earliest shows. Not counting, I'm not going to count high school. Oh. oh. All right then. <laughs> <laughs> Um, because Bob wants his uh, dirty works at the crossroads, no doubt. You better believe it. Uh, Monroe Murgatroyd lives. In, in high school, I played the dad a lot. Oh, yeah. Solid gold Cadillac. Uh, Grandpa goes wild. No, that was not our shows. They weren't? Mm-mm. I think ours were the odds are against you and look out below or something. Oh, like that's, that. yeah. 
Because uh, our, our yeah. friend Jeff Link, who I hope is listening, uh, played the devil. Hi, Jeff. Up below. Oh. It was kind of a, a Christmas Carol thing. Okay. Uh, where my character, Mr. Moore something, Morlock, I think it was Morlock, mm. um, it was threatened to go to hell, to go to the other place because we didn't say hell back in those days in high school. I don't know if you could say hell in high school today. <laughs> they're doing we said a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing rent and lay miserable with the uh, hookers. <laughs> I think they're okay. <laughs> um, but those are the two I remembered. Um, and that's not going back to the, I think Bob and I, I think we talked in the earlier show, our earliest one was uh, Mission Unbearable that we wrote ourselves. Hmm. Um, oh, I, yeah. my, my earliest one, I think it goes a year earlier than that. I played Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Hmm. I was cast in the only non-speaking role of the entire production. You were Bumble? No, I was Rudolph. Oh, oh okay. This was not the cartoon version. Oh, and I almost think okay. the teacher created the role for me because I basically came in, brought Santa the sleigh or something, and left. But, but you did it but brilliantly. did it brilliantly. The best damn Rudolph <laughs> that school's ever It seen. led to a couple years later me playing Santa Claus oh. uh, for another winter concert or something, and that happened to be because at the time I was the tallest kid in the fifth grade. <laughs> um, but, you know, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Which again goes back to you can cast people for whatever reason you want. Get the um, costume. So, so what's what's everyone's earliest earliest productions that they came up with? Earliest, earliest, or just earliest? I don't know. That was stupid. I don't know why even earliest, even earliest? for stalling. That's pathetic. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So the first uh, show I did in high school was, and I don't even. It's, I know the name of the show has been changed now because it's. Um, culturally inappropriate but it was 10 little indians which i think it's now then there were none i think it's what it's called now yes and then there were none yeah yeah i I played i uh, think maybe the original title of the book Mm -hmm. i played uh william blower that's who i was oh i did nice look at that with mineral community players oh this was at uh, smcc it was uh it was awesome it was that was the first show i was in uh, Tim Middleton got upset with me in that one, and rightly so. I can't imagine. Hi, Tim. I, for some reason, I picked up this idea that you, his character, I would always, oh no, maybe I wasn't Blore. He was Blore. Because I would hit him in the head and say, Blore. <laughs> <laughs> I was the other guy, uh, uh-huh. the one who figures it out at the end. The lead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- uh, <laughs> I've never. I've always wanted to do that. But show. But, I, but but Tim said you you take too much glee in that. David, stop it. I said okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was. A, it was a lot. Of, it was a lot of fun. Can I include my stint in at the West End? Yes. Okay. You were in the West End. I performed at the West End one night. Yes, I did. Oh, that's true. With your husband. Yeah, I, we did. Yeah, juror number five and juror number six. Yeah. Breakout roles. Elsa, they, Elsa they, Lancaster roles. They're still calling. They are. Yeah. I just don't have time. I have this podcast. Well, you know, Brian, if you need to, I mean, you know, we will no, understand. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's something that, uh, uh, sorry, I lost my thought because apparently that's what I do now. <laughs> um, think about 10 Little Indians, but when it, kind of looking back my history, um, which, you know, is, is kind of long, <laughs> just a few decades. How many? Well, no. It, I'm talking chronologically. It goes back 50 years. I can't help it. Um, not counting the backyard episode, playing the big goat and Billy Goat's Gruff. Um, episode 18. 18. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was always 14 was our answer. Um, 
but shows that we tend to do over and over and over in different groups. I've been in Barefoot in the Park in two different parts in two different groups. Arsenic and Old Lace, three oh. different parts in three different groups, or two different groups, I think, actually. And I, yeah, that uh, one, I've done the same. I direct I, it once, been it twice. Uh-huh. Well, I've been Dr. Einstein, I've been Jonathan, and what? Those are the two I've And Teddy. So I've played through. Oh, yeah, you did. He's got all. Two of those productions were both with Monroe Community Players and one with Petersburg when the Petersburg Players existed. And he played them all with um, bald caps. I played them all essentially the same as every other run because I don't have a depth of character. But, you know, there you go. (laughs) People people cast me for me. Exactly. (laughs) Um but did any of you find that you had those kind of things? Yeah, I did arsenic twice. Uh, once as O'Hara and once as uh, Mortimer. And the first one was Brian was actually my director. I was? You were. Yes, you were. Well, apparently I've directed arsenic twice now. Sorry, folks. I think this I, was 94, 95, maybe. Maybe 1990. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah. that. Uh, that was uh, Scott McCluskey yes, was our... was Mortimer. Yep. Were you one of the officers? I was one of the guys, cop, uh, Officer O'Hara. Oh, you were the officer that came in and and read his script to. Uh, wasn't that Officer O'Hare the one who comes in and reads the script, his own his own? Uh, no, 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 no. That's. Uh, I've tried it three times and still don't know what all that shows maybe, about. I maybe I have the wrong cop down. I was just one of the the first the, the okay. two the two cops. Is it the two just, cops. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I've I've done the same with arsenic. Um, played Einstein. Played Jonathan. Uh, in fact. The very first show I ever did in high school was uh, Schroeder in You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, which was such a terrifying experience. I said, I'll never do theater again. I truly was not going to ever go back on stage. Really? Oh, yeah. But then the, my friends that I hung out with and you know played Dungeons and Dragons with and all that, they were all theater. And they said, listen, the next show is Arsenic and Old Lace. There's no singing. There's no dancing. Just try out. And I got the part of Jonathan and uh, Brewster. And then I was like... Oh, this is theater. Now, this I like. And then it stuck with it. So, yeah, I've done that. I think at least two other people here can say they've done more than once a little show in a little town called Tuna, Mm -hmm. Tuna, Texas. Mm -hmm. Bob and and Dave and I have all played musical chairs with those shows. Mm -hmm. Well, and I've done three different Tuna shows. Greater Tuna twice, it looks like. Um, Once with you, once with Bob. Um, and then, of course, Tuna Does Vegas was the last time I did with Bob. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Christmas Tuna, which actually was kind of my favorite tuna, I think. Yeah, I like, I like yeah, the tuna. Now, I never did the, the other ones, but I have done both Greater Tuna and Tuna Christmas. I've played, uh, I had the chance to play both sides of the roles, um, both here with Monroe and up in Ipsy. And uh, I agree, uh, Tuna Christmas to me is a, is a lot more fun. Heart. Yeah. Yeah, it has a lot more heart. Yeah, Yeah. and so like I was saying, I was working my way through the roles of Arsenic. I've never played anything other than the Thurston line of characters in the Tuna shows, and and I think you and I had talked about maybe we should reverse it at some point. And I I just don't know. I don't know partly because I like Bertha so much. I think I don't know if I'd want to ever do that show again, only because I don't think I can. Well, there's still red, white, and Tuna. I can breathe. (laughs) I mean, that's a that's that's a high. Hey, without a doubt, don't get me wrong. I'm moving show. I mean, you got to be, you're moving constantly. And mostly, it's, if you don't have a good person in the back holding up your costumes, yeah. mm-hmm. you're in trouble. Shout out to my husband, David. Yeah, costumes are so important in that show because the changes are literally instantaneous. Oh, yeah. 
Street. Okay. Okay. I don't know why we're whispering. I don't know why we're whispering. I'm just going to edit it okay. out. Okay. Thank you. Um, but yeah, um, customers are just critical in the show. For those who aren't familiar with it, it's uh, basically two person shows that just boom, 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 boom. You have one character walks off, they walk on, right person walks back on, it's the same character. Two people play 23 people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Typically it's done with men. I don't know if there's some productions now that are doing it with women. I That's where my sexism comes in, though. I think men dressed up as women is somehow inherently funny as long as you make sure they don't look like real women and i just don't think it's as funny the other way around because women you know can wear pants all the time i don't know i i, I played a, I looked pretty good as i need a good one yes i'm sure you did mm. <laughs> if i didn't know it was scripted in the script I would have figured that's the name you came up as your drag oh, that's name. That's the real name. And that's the real name. That's the real name, I, I need know. a good one. I can't remember the other one. I need a good one and... Uh, I don't remember. I can't either. And I watched both you and Jason do it because it was one of those, like the old joke, that should be me up there. <laughs> well, but that was the first one. Jason and I did the first one. Right. I need a good one is part of the... Christmas. Christmas one, yeah. isn't she? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. She's one of the waitresses, right? Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. Yeah, she's there, yeah. The two they waitresses. show up again in Vegas. Oh, yeah. do they? Yeah. I love those we characters. Both go to Vegas, or yeah. both characters. How are you doing over there, Ron? I'm doing great. Doing good. Yeah. What's your earliest show, Ron? What's that? You talked about uh, the earliest show I did. We talked uh, about Arsenic, but any other good ones? Um, so, another show that I, I would love to see done again is uh, Diary of Anne Frank. I was in that show. Uh, it's uh, I think it's always a timely thing, but I think it's a. And I remember our set. I don't remember if anybody else was in that show. Bob, were you in that show? No. I don't think you. I don't, Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Huh. I think Lonnie directed. Lonnie was no. Lonnie was in it. I think uh, he was supposed to direct it. Then he was in it. Was it Vicky Maxwell that directed that? Oh, I was it might have been. I was saying if it wasn't Lonnie, maybe it was Vicky. I remember John Coker was uh, Mr. Uh, Frank, but uh, we had actually built the actual uh, house with the, the two stories and everything. And I mean, it was a phenomenal set. It was just I, I just I remember. remember yeah, I, I just think that that would be. Uh, it was a. Fun is not the right term to use, but no, it was, not for it, Frank, it was a it was very impactful. It was an impactful show, but there is a funny story that Val Jonas and I will still talk about to this day. Um, I was Mr. Crawler, <clears throat> excuse me, but then I was also the part of a Nazi soldier off stage. So Val and I got to play the Nazis who came in to get the the Franks, and our role was we would stand on the in the wing of the RRCA and bang our two by fours. And yell out Aufmachen and Schnell as to let them know we were coming. It got to the point where we couldn't look at each other because we would laugh the entire time. And it's horrible. I know I apologized if I offend anyone by that, but we would laugh the entire time as we're banging these two by fours, yelling out in German, Aufmachen and Schnell. We can look at each other today, 25 some years later, and still laugh when we say that word. It's, it's just, but anyways. Which comes up in conversation it, quite all the time. <laughs> Good time. It's a good time. Um, Philip Lombard, by the way, going back to Ten Little Indians. Okay. That's the part there you I, played. Go. Yep. I played Lombard. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to see how many times, because I'm thinking just right here, all three of us have played Oscar Madison, right? Yeah. I haven't. I never played, Oscar. played Oscar. I've only played I've been Felix. Oscar and I've been Felix. Okay. Yeah, I've just been Felix. Okay. I've just been Oscar, so. Yeah. I've just been Ron. <laughs> Though I was also in the female version of the odd couple. You were? Anyone else? No. That no. was a good I played, drag out. I played there. Jesus. Jesus? Jesus Castuzuela. Mm, yeah, I've only worn a dress once. Yeah. 
been in Jesus Christ Superstar twice. Ooh. And I'm, at first, on the way of thinking about this, I was saying, oh, gosh, you know, I don't have any experience with other groups. But then starting to look through here, it's like I've, I've played with more groups than I thought, too. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I tend to think of just doing stuff with Mineral Community Players. But mm-hmm. um, so, so I think that's something, too, when we talk earlier about each group having its own thing. If you're going to stick with this acting side of it, you're probably going to find yourself going to other groups to find the parts you want. Mm-hmm. Um, because people will do that to go to the shows they want. But I've been with, you know, I've done stuff with the River Raisin Center for a River Raisin Musical Theater Company, Toledo Rep, uh, three different shows there. Monero, of course. Uh, Quagmire Players, which is no longer with us. Giggity. Dundee, Civ- Dundee Civic Theater. All right. The Zoo Story. <laughs> oh, my God. And This Way to Heaven. Uh, Petersburg Players. Ann Arbor Civic, family. one show, assistant hotel manager and born yesterday. It was not quite the breakout role I had hoped it would be. <laughs> uh, Croswell Opera House, I did uh, one of the four times I did Forum. So far, Forum is the high, high, high doer, high, high scorer so far. Yeah. Um, but so no, so that's interesting. Trenchcoat Theater, you know, oh, Dan, I remember Dan Rose, Trenchcoat, group. Dan Rose, yeah. Um, yeah. Vladimir Kemedov, Stuff of Dreams. I did that twice, I believe. I did something with him once, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah. What about you, Bob? What was, your, what was some of your earliest? Um, earliest or duplicates? Sure. Okay, duplicates. I know for sure. Mister Mushnik, oh, Little from Shop. Little Shop, Fagan from Oliver. Did you do that in Bedford and Bedford in and in Croswell? It was a lot easier because you already knew it. Hmm. Um, what else did I do with Devils? Oh, um, Arsenic and Old Lace. Did that twice. Same character? Or t- yeah. yeah. I, well, I mean, I no, you're right. Yeah, it's Dr. Einstein. Yeah. It's a great role. I mean, it it's is. a fun, fun role. It's when the little ones don't understand who Peter Laurie is. Yeah, you know, that's kind of Why are you talking funny? <laughs> because it's funny. Yeah. Watch some Svengoolie, you'll get it. Yeah. For those who know Svengoolie is. That's all it comes to. I did not Me do too. my homework. I am sorry. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Interesting. And, and I knew this. We wrote into the podcast together, and Bob said I didn't do my homework. I said that's okay. So I'm wa- I need a ride home now from anybody. Dave has a list long enough for all of us. So we're, <laughs> yes, we're okay. So I have a question though for you guys: Is there a show that you have done or a role that you've done that you wish you could do again? Yes. Because yes, you are. You, you would maybe do it a little differently. Almost every single one of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a, yeah. That's, uh, but I mean, is there one specific? A funny maybe. thing happened on the way to the forum. I want to do Pseudolus before I die. I've heard that. Yes. Yeah. Because I Has anybody in the room did. been that part? More than once? Well, I, I hesitate to mention because, Bob, <laughs> <laughs> it is a... It is a uh, Buckle up, folks. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, because I know the, how badly Bob wants to play know, the part. He did, but yes, he's I, I've done to. it maybe two, three times. But <laughs> actually... The long story of it is, I'm going to get this in for posterity. I was cast as Sudalus. He was. Mm-hmm. Then I had heart problems, yep. and I asked David to take over for me, and the director, John Baccarella, was, 
well, thank you for letting me in on your decision, Bob. Hmm. Like, oh, okay. So I don't know if he's still mad at me or not. No. I, I was wonderful. I don't know why he should. I was waiting. But I, I was waiting. To, the doctor <laughs> he, said. He didn't I, kick me out. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, he could have said, you know, Bob shouldn't have done this. I want to go another direction. But um, but by that point, I'm, I'm, I was I knew all the songs. But And also, I was actually, you know what? This is, sounds like old men around a coffee table at McDonald's. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to hold off on that story. Yeah. Okay. Well, and, and to be honest, that was bittersweet because I knew Bob really wanted to play the part, and um, <laughs> and I knew it. The heart attack didn't kill him, but I figured asking me to take over might. <laughs> so in karma, then I I had a heart attack a few years later too. So there we're all even now. <laughs> <laughs> when was your heart attack? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still work, I'm still working on it, Bob. Give me some more of that Mountain Dew. Well, don't play, don't play Pseudolus. It's a kiss of death. Yeah, it got Bob no first desire. try out. It took two, two or three times to get me. But got me. I have no desire. Well, um, I you? was a protean in, in form as well. So and I was I'm actually, not always cast as Pseudolus. I, like I was able to be in the show. Yes. My doctor said, you can't dance. You can't walk. What if they haul me around on a little sled? If you want to stand on a two-wheeler, stand on a two-wheeler. And that's what I did. John, let me do that. That's great. Every director in a musical has always told me you can't dance. Um, it's just My greatest quote has always been from Kelly Laginus, just don't hurt my dancers. <laughs> Jesus Christ, superstar. <laughs> what about you, Ron? What's that? The question you just Oh, asked. yeah. I, so I was thinking that the one thing I would love to do again, and it doesn't necessarily, but, but uh, it was, is he dead? Uh, when I played oh, John yeah. Francois Millet and his uh, long lost sister Daisy Tayu, however is the last <laughs> name, because I, I think from a personal standpoint, I'm much more comfortable in my own skin now than when I was, you know, ten years ago or so. Sure. And you robbed me. I looked much better in that dress. Oh, yeah, well, you know, you did. That's true. Buckle up, folks. But Round I, I, two. I think, I think it, was, uh, it was the novelty of me in a dress and not you. Oh, oh yeah. That may be. Yeah. Could have been. No. This was after he the show better. was done. Um, I happened to do something in drag for another character in a, a redneck wedding or something. Yeah, uh, Ellie Mae and uh, Shotgun's wedding. And I had to wear the same dress that Ron wore in this show. He's talking about Is He Dead? And they took a vote online who wore it better, and Ron won. I don't well, know why? <laughs> I think it was rigged. It um, was. <laughs> Fake news. I mean, I clearly I stole the election. better bosom. Hands. Don't <laughs> bump. <laughs> Oh, I see. Okay. I've got real boobs. So, you know. <laughs> what about you, then? They're called moobs now. Moobs. No. Moobs. Okay. What about you? And a role that, that you'd like to do again just one more time? See, I... Other than Daddy Warbucks? Uh, Ooh, that I, 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 Yeah, I took it away you from just you. Just tie me down. No, I <laughs> I was going to say that's difficult because we talk about roles, dream roles. What would you like to do still? Sure. Um, um, and that's where Bob and I can switch off because I say, yeah, I had Pseudolus, but he got Bialystock, and I would love to do Bialystock. Mm-hmm. Though, uh, understanding my physical limitations, I don't know if I could do Bialystock um, because, that, that, as Bob can attest, I think, that's a pretty draining role. 
Oh yeah, yeah, that was fine. Yeah, I had a heat uh, stroke and went blind. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was my scariest. Had to be backstage. Had to throw me into the shower back there to bring my body temperature down. Oh lord, uh, fun but, times. But I, I nailed the final scene. <laughs> yes, all that matters. No matter I, what Mark Felder says, I nailed it. I, I, I don't know if there's a role I want to do again. Um. Because you know it's that kind of do you want to do you want to repeat yourself? Um, my resume would say yes, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I have. <laughs> um, but 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 you know it, it's probably going to be some sort of drama. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked playing Prospero in The Tempest because I didn't think I had that much Shakespeare in me to to perform mm-hmm. and to be able to actually do that. Um, you know. It's one of those cases where I impressed myself. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I was kidding. I always impressed myself. <laughs> um, but, but you know, but it was, it was one of those times when, when you know, when when I was on, I could I could feel the audience mm-hmm. was right mm-hmm. with me, unless they were eating their candy and crinkling their. That that popcorn. that was in Monroe, but in Actfest they were with me. <laughs> they need, and the that's material. a wonderful experience. That's a wonderful, wonderful feeling when you it know, is. especially yep. in a drama. I mean, in comedy, you get it. You get the feedback with the, yeah. the laughs yeah. right away. But with a drama, you get and which the silence tells me right into mine would be, and I can't do it now. I'm what, number one. I'm too old. Number two, I don't have the body that I did back then to do it. But uh, <laughs> not that I had that much of a body then, but. Uh, Horst in uh, Bent, which um, uh, about you know the gays in the in Auschwitz and and all that, and uh, it was to me the I think I never achieved anything in a drama higher than that, and that's probably been my proudest moment so far. So far, so far, thank you. Yeah, so far, um, but it was it was a, a great role, and I I uh, I mean Act Two is just myself and the other uh, main character just moving rocks from one side to the other. And that in, in conversing and, you know, or with our shirts on, our shirts off. I wish I kind of had that body again. That would have been nice. But, um, I mean, it, it was it was it was great. And it was the first time I ever had a, a real actual death scene on stage. So, I mean, I got I kind of got to check off a lot of boxes mm-hmm. with that one. So. Oh, yeah, I guess I did die on stage. I've died several times on stage. Once. On no, purpose. I mean, script. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. We tried to get to the same joke at the same time. <laughs> now, I, I will say. Uh, there is a part I found. The foreigner, Charlie. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. That was a fun one. <laughs> now, I will. I did actually, because you gave us this homework. I went above and beyond. I listed, after listing everything that I could remember. And by the way, I haven't done Ten Little Indians, but I did do Mousetrap. I, I played Paravicini, which. Almost I, the same show. It's yeah. Fun, yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much. Um, but I did list my top five all-time favorites oh, that I, oh, I've okay. been. Oh, okay. Okay. Them. So, right, um, right. you know, because I love lists. If, if you, <laughs> Number five. There are, some, there are some geeks that just love to make lists of everything, you know. Uh, number five was, with Monero Community Players, uh, Greg Lejeune, uh, Noises Off. Oh. I loved that part. I, number one, we had a great cast. Number two. Great show. Um, it was a great show. And, and number three, I got to really do some physical comedy, which I, I always I thought loved. you broke your neck that one fall yeah. that you took. I know. Yeah. It was. And, and gosh, if you have a chance to do Noises Off, if your group hasn't done it already, take a look at it. The difficult part is the set. Yeah, the stage. Because you got to have a set. And we felt we had to have a set that actually rotated. Right. 
You have to have a set that rotates, and you have to have two levels set. Yes. That's that's the other thing. You've got to have a set where you can function in both. And now, <laughs> deep thoughts. <laughs> um, so number four. Number I was five. just glad it wasn't mine. Number four was uh, the very first drama I ever did. That was at Monroe High School. That was my senior year. Uh, we did the Greek tragedy Medea. And I played the nurse, um, which I was upset about because I wanted the because the nurse is typically a female, and they put it me and I wanted Jason, and and I got the nurse. But then I get this wonderful scene where I get to describe the death of the children and and how they burn, they were burned alive, and da da da. So it was wonderful. Uh, three, back to Monroe. Funny thing happened on the way to the forum, Hysterium, only musical I've ever truly walked away going. I love this. Again, great cast. It's great. a great show. It, it's a it's a hilarious it show. We should yeah. do it. <laughs> I don't want to lose either one of you. <laughs> I, well, and you know, in, in deference to, to Bob, I would love to play a couple of the other roles too. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I don't have. I don't know. Maybe too old to play it, but I'd love to try Mila Scoliosis. Oh yeah, oh. which is who you played when we did it, wasn't it? No, no, no. You? I was the. Um, Melio was. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, but it was David Thompson played. Yes. Yeah. Why am I remembering a different one? Then? I don't know. It was a Josh, um, dancer. Um, oh, uh, that's the RRCA one. It was uh, Josh um, Muller. Muller, thank you. Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah. if we do that again, the role that I'd want, because I just feel so tired anymore, I want uh, the role that Alan Fife did, where you just walk on stage, go twice around, or yeah. oh, twice around the hill, and then you just walk away. There's a corollary to that. There was also, if you remember, someone following him. Oh, yes. And he came in, and he goes, oh, here I am. I'm all alone in the world. No one to help me out. Come along, mother. <laughs> And it was done straight face. They didn't realize what he was doing. But I was like, oh, that's just perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number two, uh, which I did up in PTD, was uh, 5th of July. Oh. Which uh, I got right. to play uh, Ken Kenneth Talley Jr., who uh, was, um, uh, and it's a three, there's three plays in that series. That was the third play, and it was a generational uh, thing. And uh, I got to play a gay Vietnam vet who had uh, had his legs, um, oh, wasn't nice. able to use his legs. And it was, a, again, drama, and I loved it. And then, of course, number one, I already said, was bent. Uh, so those are, those are really my top five. But I have a lot, a lot here that I've, I've loved to do, that I, I love doing. Um, I mean, I played the mayor in Bye Bye Birdie, um, so that was, that was just, that was something. Yeah. There's this thing out okay. Well, and gosh, do you have a top five? Uh, well, let's see. No, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm uh, trying to think what mine is. Hmm. Hmm. I challenge oh, you. I got it. Okay. Well, I would have to say, I guess from a top five, um, number five would probably be um, Bert from Inherit the Wind. Mm. Um, very well done show. Um, number four... Would be we talk about it so much. Would be Ken Gorman from Rumors, just because there's just there was just a lot of lot of memories tied up into that show. Really? Yeah, I know, right? Really? I know. 
It wasn't, it wasn't even the, the part forget. I wanted. Don't forget. This is the one that only had seven pages of dialogue this is true. memorized. That's true. And he complained the whole time. Who? Um, he had seven pages of dialogue. Me? Yeah, you had the biggest dialogue there was. Oh, oh. I thought you meant just I'm seven pages total. Here. I thought you just meant I had seven pages total. I'm like, I don't remember. No, I you I had probably more. had like 20 pages. Yeah. But yeah, there was yeah there was that. I I do I will have to admit I do love I would do rumors again. I would do rumors again. That was a good um, number three was uh, Winnie the Pooh in House at Pooh Corner. Oh yes, yes. Which, you know that yeah. That's all kinds of fun there. Uh, number two, I'm gonna go with uh, Father Flynn and Doubt. Good choice. And then number one for me was Cheswick in um, One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest. So that would be my top five. Great list. Great list. Do you have a top five, Bob? Yes, I do now. <laughs> at number five, Fagan, specifically mm. at Croswell. Number two, four, Willie Loman. Mm. You yes. did such a great job on that. That was an amazing show. Mm. This is why we're doing this. We're just stroking our egos yeah. here, folks. So takes- feel, feel, feel free to um, stroke along with us. Uh <laughs> Stroking each other's egos, get your minds <laughs> yeah. out of the gutter. No, I, that's absolutely Cap- what we thought you were thinking. Captain Hook in Peter Pan, the Scarecrow in The Wizard of Oz, the only Scarecrow ever that could not dance and could not do the jump kick step ever. I remember you as Cowardly Lion. The Scarecrow is in Bedford. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. And number one, of course, would be Bialy Stock. All right. I, you know, just to real quick talk about uh, Death of a Salesman. I still remember you slapping. Was it was it Jeff that you slapped, or was it? Uh, it was Mick. That's right. Yeah, I just still remember the sound of that. I'm like, oh, ooh, Mick. Yeah, I forgot about him. Uh, I'm going to say my top five. You hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, Gilligan's Island. Okay. I just yep. had such fun playing. The really? Okay. Yeah, he did. I mean, it, it was. And that was what kind of made the show fun, was just to see Dave's excitement. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just, but almost everything else, um, um, when you ask what parts would like to do again, I was Big Daddy in Cat and Hot Tin Roof. I really like, I would like to revisit that. I really like that part. Yeah. So that's my number four. Uh, number three, Matthew Brady and Inherit the Wind. Mm-hmm. That was good. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I played opposite of Norb Nowak. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, Lenny in Mice and Men. Mm. Again, oh, opposite cool. Norb. Yeah. And then my number one is going to be Pseudolus from Forum. Hmm? But I could almost do a top five musical, top five yeah. Yeah. drama. Yeah. yeah, I definitely couldn't. The musicals just are just so much high energy and it, it, they burn into your... Mm-hmm. Well, and, and part of what I think of was with this exercise where I was going to is I think, folks, if you sit down in your golden years or, or whatever that may be, and, and next Tuesday keep, I've got keep a, a list. I don't care if this was your first show, your hundred. Yep. Keep a list yep. of what you've done, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, if nothing else, you can sit back and remember and bring up a lot of good memories. I keep a program from every show I've ever seen. God knows why, but I do, mm-hmm. and you know. But I sometimes will just look back through those and say that was a good show. I enjoyed that, or I really like that. Um, but I think you can make every part your favorite part mm-hmm. oh, until yeah. the next one, and that's Absolutely. what I. That's my stock answer. What's your favorite rule? The next one, mm-hmm. um, especially as we start to become of a certain age where we start to realize maybe the next one 
<laughs> yeah, it isn't coming out. Remember, uh, there's no small parts, only small actors. Mm, but there's also... <laughs> I'm not a small actor anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who's building your set? Yes. <laughs> Now, do we still do we have time for uh, a roundtable of what role do we would we still really want to do? Sure, Bob, Sudless. Ron, Willie Loman, B. L. Stocker. Hmm. Yes, we're frenemies. I know. <laughs> Just because we've known each other a long time doesn't mean that, that we agree on everything. I will wax the staircase, and he has to walk down if it meant I get a part. <laughs> Which is how we did it. Noise us off. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, mine would be. Well, I'm always torn. Um, I, I I've always always wanted to try uh, and don't laugh because it's a musical. I, I've always wanted to be King Arthur in yes. Camelot. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's always been like. However, as the older I get now, the other role that I look at and go, yeah, I want to do it just once is um, uh, Mr. Thayer in on Golden Pond. Because oh. I figure, eh, hell, no, I'm man, up you there. old poop, you. <laughs> Ethel Thayer sounds like I'm lifting. Not my knight in shining you know, armor. And, and, and I get that favorite role thing kind of thing too, or role you want to do. I think also breaks into that drama versus uh, musicals. Yeah, that's true. Because uh-huh. I noticed most of my favorite roles are the dramas. Mm-hmm. But, but frankly, I've had a lot of fun with comedies. Oh, yeah. A lot of fun with comedies. Yeah, it's it, they're two different beasts, but they're they're. Um, you get a, a similar satisfaction, I think. Uh, and I just said it earlier. You get the satisfaction. If you're doing great in a comedy, when you hear that laughter, when you hear those people just, you know, belting out those laughs, you know you've done good. In a drama, when you get that silence where you can hear a pin drop, when you're done with whatever you just did and you know you did it just right, man, there's no better feeling than that. Well, and, and I had that feeling, frankly, in Twilight of the Golds after I finished yelling at David. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. like... They're with me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I have with yeah. Willie Loman. That is just, you've got three spots where you're just literally holding on to them. And just like, okay, you can breathe now. Yeah. And I know Val had a moment like that during Willie Loman, too. Mm-hmm. Because there was a woman that came up to her afterwards and said, I couldn't believe that was you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, Bob, as good as you were in that role then, that was what, how many years ago now? 20? Oh, longer than that. Oh, there's a bucket of cold water. I would like to see you do that again today. FDR sent him a message saying that was great role. He did. (laughs) No, but I'm saying I'd like to see what you could do with it today because you've got all Mm -hmm. that additional life experience under you because Willie Loman's clearly one of those roles you need that that Mm. life experience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, we we when we're young actors, we think, well, I can do anything. I can be, you know, play the old guy. Get a little white paint. Sometimes you got to be the old guy to play the old guy. Oh yeah, oh well, yeah. That's an interesting notion. Um, and it would play well on a four by eight stage. Yeah, you? that's a classic. One of those moments where you realize you've got the crowd. Um, as I was in high school and we did Greece, oh. and uh, I was Roger. So I had to moon everybody, oh, yeah, which was yeah. completely out of character for me in high school. I know you probably don't believe that now, but I was, <laughs> it was pretty quiet. And uh, we had done a show. Um, again, it was traditional. We would always do a show for the entire school before we would start run the show. So that Thursday before was our dress rehearsal. It was during the day. And when the song Mooning started and it started to click in everybody's head out, they're like, what, what's this kid going to do? And at one point, I start unbuckling my, my belt, and you could just hear, like, the gasps. And then the next thing you know, down they go, and that's when it clicked with me. Like, oh, my gosh. 
they're watching me and I, I've got them now, uh-huh. you know, and it, it was just like a drug kind of thing where you just got it and I got a standing ovation. The song was horrible. I couldn't sing. But the fact that I had the guts to stand up in front of everybody and drop my pants mm-hmm. kind of got me where I needed to go. So. Well, and, and it's a good example of the, when you're on stage, you're not you. Yes. Yeah. And people don't understand that, but that is a, that is a definite thing. And I, think, I think that's really part of acting is to escape yourself sometimes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There was a show that Dave and I saw at theater competition, mm-hmm. Cotton Patch Gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great show. It had the lead actor basically telling the story of Christ. Um, all with banjos and guitars and country western music playing and the lead narrator was probably like 62 or something big 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 guy show shows over his people his friends and family were sitting literally right behind us and this 5 foot 6 guy <laughs> shows up and we're like no <laughs> He looked like he was six two on stage. Mm-hmm. Got off stage, it was like, "What happened?" But he was brilliant. That was a brilliant show. It, it, it was, that was a, one of the most powerful performances I've ever seen. And like you said, that transformation where clearly it's like mm-hmm. that guy did, did. You know, you just see that. And and so when I say you know the idea of escaping yourself mm-hmm. could probably lead someone to think, well, all actors are <laughs> inside somewhat turmoiled or depressed and i think unfortunately or schizophrenic true. that may be true because when you see you know why just mm-hmm. some of these hollywood actors that hide their career they commit suicide or or things like that and you wonder about it but i think i think it's that reality is because they are looking for this rush that you get by being somebody else well and and, and, and i'm sorry eventually that kind of wears off you're not the pretty one anymore yeah well, not, I wasn't even thinking that. It's like, I think the time to get off, and maybe I don't know what I'm saying, but the time to get off stage is when you get on stage and realize you're not acting anymore, you're just being yourself. But isn't that well, the genesis of the method? To be as close to yourself as possible? No. To bring out the I just, first? It's not my theory right now. My theory is that the idea is if you're just, to me, like a movie celebrity, they get cast because oh, it's their body. Jack Nicholson. He's always yeah. going to be Jack Nicholson in whatever role he plays. John Wayne is always all, John Wayne. Our goal They're is always not pieces of me. Our, no. Well, there's always pieces Models. of you, but your goal is not to be. If if the, if the audience is thinking, well, there's David War playing a part. I've lost him. It's got to be there's Lenny. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. there's whatever, um, and it just happens to be that David War's is name in the program. I don't know if I'm getting. I know what you're what saying. saying but, so I, I think. So, I think there's a difference between Broadway acting and, I mean, that's not the level of a community theater group. Community theater, you do it maybe six to nine times. Meanwhile, you have people on stage doing heavy drama, and they do it eight times a week. Mm-hmm. A difference of skill level, different expectations, where you say it should this leave David War in the program, and now you're someone else. I think it's damaging. I think it should be the character should be what you see in both, and then discover David War in the program. I don't know. Does that make sense? I'm looking at. Look at him. 
I look to I, I think we may be going around saying I think the same thing. I think we're saying the same like, thing. I feel like yeah, but, but that's where but that's what I'm saying. I just think that the the idea that you need to I mean, I, I agree, you know, the classic method is everything, you know, get yourself, bring your, get, I think it means tap onto your own life experiences. Bring in your own mm-hmm. pain. Bring, bring in, in your own right. pain, your method, right. your, your, yeah. so you can understand the character. But I think when you're on stage, you don't even, I, when I was playing Big Daddy, for example, I tried, I, I tried to think like Big Daddy. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I'm on stage, I'm not David War. I'm this big bombastic character. Mm-hmm that will do things that I would never do in real life. Mm-hmm. And I think you ultimately want to lose yourself almost completely in that world mm-hmm. until, you, of course, you cross the boundary again and then you break the leg <laughs> and uh, you're back into the real world, um, which, which I think we said in other episodes, yeah. maybe episode 14, I don't know which, but the where we, where we, where we talk about, 14, you know, yeah. I, I'll often tell people, see you on the other side. Right. Because to me, once we cross into that set, you're, we're in a new world. Right, mm-hmm. and now I'm crossing back out of that world, and the the experience needs to be the same for the audience, mm-hmm. um, because if for whatever minute they're looking through into this world that they aren't part of, but they need to feel is real, even though when you look at it stylistically, obviously it's not real, mm-hmm. um, because no matter what we do, you're not recreating a house on stage; you're recreating the semblance of a house. Right. Um, so that the audience has that recognition, which is why minimalistic sets, I think, work fine in most cases because the audience is filling in the gaps in their minds. Mm. Like the quote from Our Town. And there's some set there for those who people think you need sets. Scenery fills need it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I you know, um, the, the one that pops into my head, Ken, uh, Kenneth Talley, I just mentioned, um, 5th of July. That was, I mean... A lot of characters I've always played because I played more comedies have been a little bit more broad and a little bit more outrageous. But a character like Ken Talley was a uh, a, a real. In it all came from inside. But as soon as I got on that stage, there I really truly in my brain there was no Brian. There was just I'm this Vietnam vet that just mm-hmm. that came back without my legs and I'm trying to rebuild my life with my daughter and da da da. So I know exactly what you're saying. And that's and that's when you really that to me is the love of being an actor is when you're so into that 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 you almost you almost you do lose yourself. You lose you lose yourself. And there there, there were moments in that show when it was over that I had to really get out of that that uh, frame of mind, yeah. and 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 not to toot my own horn, but that's all we do on this show, right? <laughs> um, well, we so, toot something. <laughs> we toot something. <laughs> <laughs> um, Seventy-six but, trombones, <laughs> and sometimes the job well done can get in the way to a degree. But for example, when I was little Abner, I played a part called the Evil Life Legal. Mm-hmm. I got applause for doing that role. When I came off stage, almost every night, as I remember, it was probably once, two people, oh, wasn't that so cute? He tried. Um, but no. dinner reservation. But that, that applause actually served to take me back out of the moment. Mm-hmm. And he almost had to reset again because it's like, oh, they're not, you know, they're applauding evil, they're applauding David War, who thinks he's evil life legal at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but but it's the kind of thing you need to lose yourself so completely that the audience, like say, is going along with you. But the moment they're plotting, maybe it's because they. Okay, so I think I understand why they didn't stand up during after supercalifragilisticexpialidocious because <laughs> they were transported so well into the world that they liked it so much they didn't want it to end, mm-hmm. and they they just couldn't bring themselves to yeah to say this over and this yeah. is over and we're standing up now. I don't know. Corollary with how wonderful an epiphany and sort of corollary with applause. I did a sh- uh, Joseph as uh, in. Erie School District that they had me as uh, Joseph, the father, Jacob. And Jacob, thank you. There are many things, Bob, but I, I've never seen you as Joseph. So I know it was a revelation to me. <laughs> I had a fake beard on, did my bit, got a nice. Everybody was very nice. I went out for the final bow. Dead silence. I mean, there was the cricket had sent a telegram saying chirp. <laughs> That's how bad it was. And I came off afterwards, and the director, uh, Josh Glover, was just, Bob, what's wrong? Like, well, they didn't applaud me. What did I do? He's like, Bob, they don't know it's you. Put your beard back on. Next time, put the beard back. Oh, yeah, we liked him. And, and you know what I've done with that is I'll go out dressed as the character and then pull the hat and or beard or whatever off mm-hmm. when you take the bow so they can see, oh, that's who's underneath it. Yes. So that's a, that's a trick for all of you. It's, it's like the music's playing us out. <laughs> yes, and there, that is the music playing us out. <laughs> I feel like I've just walked into a funeral home. <laughs> <laughs> Are you here to see Mrs. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so it does look like we're out of time for this episode. So thank you for indulging us in our little trip down memory lane. And I hope, hope our stories imparted something that you can use in, in your own acting as you're going forward. Um, I was thinking maybe next time we can talk maybe about the differences between comedies and dramas and musical theater and how we approach each. Um, I think we, t- we keep touching upon that kind of thing, but we never really delve into here's the prep it takes for each type of role because there are differences Um, preparing for a comedy is not the same as preparing for a drama or frankly even um, musical theater and especially musical comedies versus musical I mean today musicals can be comedies or dramas yeah but thank you again we appreciate to you listening in as we appreciate each and every one of you Um, don't forget to check out Monroe Community Players on our Facebook page and website MonroeCommunityPlayers.org more groupies fun at the MCP MCP podcast page on Facebook and please email us with your comments and thoughts about this or any other episode at MonroeCommunityPlayers at Yahoo.com and be sure to let us know if it's okay to read your email on the podcast our question of the episode if you made it this far who wants to leave for those of you actors out there, what is your favorite role or dream role? We'd like to know. Perhaps no community players can make your dream come true one day. Uh, the art and no. <laughs> <laughs> but perhaps we can. Um, or, or, or your local group as well. The art and business of community Pigs theater. Fly. Has, yeah, the art and business of community theater has been a production of the Monroe Community Players and was recorded high atop the Benish Building at the Monroe Public Access Cable Television Podcast Studio in beautiful downtown Monroe, Michigan. We are the Groupies. We'll see you in the green room. Well, goodbye. And don't think it hasn't been a little slice of heaven.